Okay, I would. Here's, here's where I would push back. Okay, I'm not saying po- stop the politics. I'm saying that our our religion is politics. It's everything. There is no line between the political and the religious for a Latter Day Saint. It's all our politics. We're trying to build Zion. That is probably the biggest driver of division in the church by the people that coalesce together in a group hating not only Trump as a person, but anyone who they consider sort of Trump adjacent. The Latter-day Saint population doesn't drink beer, and so they vote based off of who they think a good bishop will be for them. The reason we have separation of church and state was because the reformers recognized the separation between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man. So we're burning witches in Boston instead of buying indulgences in Rome. We put Christ first. That's what can create unity out of this diversity. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Wart Radio. I'm your host, Cardin Ellis, and today I'm joined in the studio by Jacob Hansen, as well as Luke Hansen of the Cougar Chronicle via the Zoom machine. And today, you know, we're talking about a controversial subject here. In Scripture, we are told there there are to be no ites among us. There were the Nephites, there was the Lamanites, the Mulekites, the Lemuelites, so on and so forth. But we are commanded to be as one, like Kwaku L's hat used to say, Victory through unity. And as Jesus Christ said, how will they know that you are mine? Well, because you are you are one, right? So um, we got a problem in the church of deep division and um, very uncontroversial. Jacob Hansen is calling out some LDS TDS, some Trump derangement syndrome that is creating all manner of ites in the church. And I do believe he has some suggestions as to how we can help out those with that syndrome and uh, hopefully make church uh, a better place, how he can scatter the proverbial sunshine of Trumpism. No, I'm just kidding. How he can uh, <laughs> cure the manner of ites that exist among us. So so your thesis is there's some LDS TDS going on and you think it's, is it the number one problem in the church right now? What do you think is going on? Uh, it's a pretty big one. I, so here's the way I would put it. First of all, just so everybody knows, I'm actually not someone who's planning on supporting Trump in the primary. Um, Are you because one of those hyper conservative guys? It's like <laughs> taxation is theft. He's not conservative enough. I can't support him. Are you one of those guys? Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll see. Oh, okay. uh, it, it's, but it's more that I just don't want people coming out that I'm some like Trump apologist here. Um, Cause that's not the case at all. But what, what I really, so, so here's the issue, but is it, yeah. It, no, I'm so, just kidding. I'm totally just kidding. So, <laughs> so the issue is this, is that there's no doubt that we're divided uh, in the church more than I think any of us have seen in our lives. And you'd be really dumb not to notice that those are highly political in their nature. Like that is the the thing that seems to be dividing the church membership more than anything else are political ideologies and political sociocultural winds that are blowing and putting us into different camps with one another. Now I dropped into the Discord a little uh, a little image that Ooh. I that I think will be helpful as we look at this to kind of at least the way that I conceptualize it and you guys can let me know if 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 I'm wrong here. 
Um, but if you pull that up, okay, it, it's kind of my rough attempt to break down the ites within the church. So first of all, we got the, the now this is the church in North America because obviously in Africa where our boy Luke served, they probably don't even know <laughs> the names of any of these people. All right. Oh, they do. Pragmos? No, they follow the election. Oh no, I'm sure they know the name of Trump, the political figures. But oh, like, oh, oh, oh. The, yeah, yeah, you know, Progmos, Leites. I doubt they know who Mike Lee is. You know, but um, yeah, R- Romney and Trump, I'm sure they do uh, know, and so on and so forth. But keep going with your analogy, Jacob. Go. Yeah, so so put up that graphic. So you have the sort of uh, the Democrat group within the church is a smaller group, right? Um, and I have them in blue there. These are sort of the progmos. Obviously, we could get more into this, but just roughly, let's put that one group. Yeah, your numbers are wrong. In Provo, it's like 50-50. It's not like 90-10 like you fine, got, bro. I'm talking but... about the United States. Okay, okay, fine. Most members of the church are Republicans, okay? And the Republican group can really be split into two groups, Okay, you have sort of the Romneyite Republicans and then maybe more the Mike Lee type Republicans. Okay, Okay? the majority of the the members, if you look here of the Republicans, they tend to be more along the uh, the the Lee Mike Lee type Republicans, I think, would represent the majority of sort of the standard right down the middle Republican conservative. That's the majority of the Republicans. Uh, in the church. However, there's a lot of sort of the Romney moderate Republicans in the church. And I think a lot of the people who hold positions of influence in the church within the church bureaucracy tend to be either Progmos or Romneyites. So the Leeites, as I see it, the, the, the kind of Mike Lee Republican types, they tend to be kind of the normal members you're interacting with in your wards and stakes in the country. But a lot of the influential people end up in this other camp. Are you saying it's kind of like ancient Israel where like the Sadducees were more the priests of the people, but then the Pharisees who had that slightly more elevated doctrine that were supposedly the priests of the wealthier class I think and the that, priests of the merchant class. I think you might have that reversed. I think it was the Sadducees that were more like the upper echelon, right? Yeah. And okay. Whatever. Pharisees were whatever. Like yeah. Quit yeah. being such an elitist. Okay. <laughs> I done thunk it right. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Keep going. So you're saying it's a little bit like that, huh? So yeah. Well, and obviously then you have your sort of others. And I think Cardin, you would actually probably fall into the others category uh, yeah. uh, politically. I don't think you fit the politically homeless. Those. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, and I think there's, there's actually quite a few of those in the church as well. Um, and so and it's actually funny on our, uh, on ward radio anyway, um, you have these groups pretty well represented. I feel like, you know, you, you have different sort of perspectives, uh, which is one of the cool things about Ward radio. Anyway, my point though is, is that on Ward Radio, we have people that are in these different groups, yet we all we all get along pretty dang well. And I think that's because we put Christ first. We ultimately are seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what can create unity out of this diversity, right? However, um, and with this election coming up, I think that this is going to get worse again. What you're going to see if you put the graphic back up is that there's something that unites sort of the progressive and the Romneyite camps uh, and even a lot in sort of that other category. And that is an absolute disgust and hatred for Donald Trump. And 
not only to the point that you disagree with him, you don't support him, but people talk about Trump derangement syndrome. And I have to be honest, I have seen people be irrationally, like viscerally uh, disgusted by him to the point that their, their reactions to him are pathological in my opinion. They're so out of control that people begin to act really unusually and weird. And you will get people that are sort of the Romney types, the Romneyite group, and the Progmos that'll be best buddies against anyone who they even per, even perceive as potentially a quote unquote far right Trump person. And anyone that they can lump into this Trump camp, they're just, they're deplorable. They're, they're just, they're the worst. And so even Ward Radio, you guys recently did the um, the video with um, Rick Bennett and Scott Vance. Yeah. And they're talking about you guys are what they did is they put you guys into the Trump box. They called Kwaku L literally <laughs> the head of the BYU Democrats. They called Kwaku L a far right orthodoxy proponent of Trump and Trump interest. It's like. Dude, oh dear. that's Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah, it's it, exactly. And it is extremely common amongst those of an academic bent uh, or in particular positions of sort of influence if they are highly concerned with what you like to talk about, Cardin, all the time and sort of the 1960s suburban nicism. Um, they cannot stand him. And so... Anyone who you don't like, if you want to signal to the Romneyites and to the Progmos that this is a bad guy, you associate them with Trump. And and that's just what they do. They do that all the time. And so even when a guy like me doesn't even support Trump in the primaries, I'm some radical right wing, alt, far right extremist. Kwaku L is. Well, you do have the insurrectionist beard. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. I don't do myself any favors. I don't do myself any favors. The beard, you know, that was a good one. See, you have a comeback. I I don't know, but but I just think that this this creates a division in the church. You actually want to know probably one of the number one reasons why I don't support Trump in the primary is because I worry that he's going to drive further division in the church. Because if you bring up that graphic real quick. Oh, so you give in so that your enemies, you think they'll hate you less. Well, uh, just, just pull, mm. pull up the graphic. Okay. I'm I, I actually also think that there are other candidates that are, that are better than him straight okay. up. But look at that graph. If you take the Progmos and the Romneyites, and obviously these are just my rough off the head sort of gut feeling as to how many yeah. are in these groups. If you take those groups, the Progmos and the, and the Romney types, and you put them together and you get enough of the other people, you basically have about half the U.S. membership in this coalition of Trump haters. Uh And I think that that is probably the biggest driver of division in the church that we've seen since 2016 has been driven by that phenomena, by the people that coalesce together in a group hating not only Trump as a person, but anyone who they consider sort of Trump adjacent because they look at them as the, Again, it's a visceral Is this why you see like Patrick Mason teaming up with Jan Reese and a bunch of other anti-Mormons to do that anti-Mormon podcast? Yeah. I think with like John DeLand and then you see Rick Bennett teaming up with Scott Vance, who 
uh, like uh, self-represented as an authority on us and an authority on Mormonism. But from what I understand, did he, I, I think somebody told me that he left the church or something like well, that. You can or draw- was like an anti, I don't remember. I don't want to put words in his mouth and represent him as something he's not in defense of him representing me as something I wasn't. So <laughs> scratch that from the record. I don't want to guess, but I'm just saying like, it, it, it's, it's weird how progmos will team up with antis and Sadducees all over anything that seems somewhat related to orange man because orange man bad and trump derangement syndrome real yeah and that's what and so what the way i see it is is that that's the the and i hate to bring up trump as i want to talk about like in more in terms of like trumpism right they've created the battle lines in the culture war around sort of the trumpist and trumpism people the deplorables against the sort of we're the serious people. We're the experts. We are the, you know, we're the, we're, we're the, we're the anti-Trump crowd in the sense that we're not that he's crazy, dirty, they're crass there, but we are. And especially within the Latter-day Saint context, their, Mm -hmm. their main problem with Trump isn't even necessarily his policies. It's just that he says, crass things and that's just like oh my gosh like so have you been noticing this phenomenon too as well luke what's your observations bro yeah uh, i've definitely been noticing this phenomena a person who has been on the show before is definitely the personification of this i don't know if you want me to say his name or not but oh savage no he's my buddy He's Jim my Bennett. buddy. Yes, it's Jim Bennett. Okay, it's, yeah. we all know it's Jim Bennett. You guys. Oh, and the reason yeah. Jim Bennett hates me, in case that, I'm, those three I'm, people out there who are still wondering, I remember Desnat. Yes. Desnat people. That's the Latter Day Saint sort of word that people like Jim the, Bennett the MAGA. use. That's yeah. the MAGA people. MAGA people. Desnat. It's all the same thing. These are the lines that they draw. They conceptualize the world in terms of the Trump people and then the not Trump people. Okay. Yeah. I think it's unfortunate that someone like Jim Bennett just refuses to talk to me over what I don't see as that big of an issue, at least in terms of whether or not you're ever going to speak to someone again. Oh, but he'll going come back around to what Jacob said. He'll come around. What? He'll come oh, around. Maybe. We'll get him to come around. You asked me and I that was the first thing that came <laughs> to my head as the example of, of what Jacob's talking about. But OK, back to what you're saying, Jacob. My question is because we did a pod uh, live stream not too long ago about the professor who of BYU who is essentially calling out uh, people like the Cougar Chronicle, yourself, Wikimedia, for pointing out problems. And, and so when you say you don't want Trump to win again because it's going to fuel this division, my question is, well, are we falling into the, like, just explain yourself, because it sounds like you're now making the same argument that you were just rebutting a little bit ago. Well, I would, so I'd put it this way. Number one, I don't think that I think that uh, I'm, I'm Ron DeSantis is the person that I think is just better on both policy. I think what he's done in Florida is fantastic. Again, that's sort of neither here nor there in this. But my issues with Trump on the on the idea of unity is that I think that Trump d- brought up a lot of issues in the country and it created a lot of division like he did cause division. No, is that but, him but, causing uh, the division or is that the media 
around the things that he says, right. not getting it's, what they want, it, causing it is, the division. It, I, I would say it is the media. But the problem is, is that we're giving them something that can divide us. If I let's say that I had this option, I could get that's a horrible of, coping mechanism. Hold on, hold on. What of if throwing I get, away every controversial figure out there just because the media might get angry? No, 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 no. But listen, what if it was possible? The thing is, Trump gave him lots of good reasons to, to, to say crazy things. He would feed him red meat. What if I could get all of the policies of Trump without any of the division? I don't, I, think that's, that? I don't think that's possible in okay. modern society. The, and maybe, the, and maybe the thing but is, my thing is, I think I have a much better chance of getting all of Trump-type policies that I like from DeSantis, and he won't step in the media's traps that they set for him the way that Trump has. Okay, sure, fine. But the thing is, we're recording this at a fortuitous time because essentially now with the primaries that have started, that's off the table. We are, we're essentially now Trump v. Biden. And we just have to deal with it. Yeah. And, and so I, I was in your camp, Jacob. I would have preferred DeSantis as well. But I, like, yeah, it's, it looks it, like we're with Trump. So it's a good thing we're having this conversation because like. <laughs> and we're not talking if, about the if, we're not current, talking about American politics right now. We're talking about the church and their reaction to it. So um, yes. but and, we're, we're going to have to deal with the Trump derangement syndrome through 2028 is according to current and all that stuff that's what it looks like is going to happen so yes. i'm just saying this is a, a pretty relevant topic right now absolutely the the it within the church you will see the trump derangement divide become more pronounced if he is elected president in 2020 so what's the fix like i mean we're supposed to try you know the scriptures say like in matthew i believe it's like chapter 22 it's somewhere in the early 20s it says if you have aught with your brother then you should go first with him and try and reconcile and if that doesn't work show up with another brother and out of the mouth of two or three witnesses you'll you know hopefully be able to witness it with him and then if he still has a problem with you then you know you show up with the church and and you discipline him and so on and so forth but we were literally commanded to reconcile so how is a people that is supposedly divided as you put here on your graphic between Romneyites, Leites, Progmos, others. You know, there's always one Green Party person out there, poor fella. <laughs> there's always one libertarian in the mix, you know. Oh, those it's libertarians. Still, it's still clinging on to hope, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, how do we get all these different uh all these different clans to unite um with uh such a difficult you know, Trump derangement syndrome floating through the ether. Like, what is the fix? How go can ahead, be go ahead and put that, that graphic back up on the screen and I'll give you the answer. Yeah, what is it? Erase that entire diagram. Get rid of it all, all of it. Okay. Stop thinking in political terms. The problem is, is that we frame these issues as political. I, I, Christ is king. That needs to be the mantra of every Latter-day Saint. And everything needs to be looked at through that lens without, like, the problem is we use these words like, oh, well, that's progressive. That's conservative. Well, are, are you that's saying liberal, that like politics that kind of don't matter? Because to me, no, they do. I'm saying I'm sorry, they, they like... matter. They matter intensely. But what I'm saying is, is that we need to stop as Latter-day Saints thinking in terms of political tribes or political paradigms at all. The only, Here's what we need to worry about as members of the church. Is it true or is it false? That's it. Is it right? Is it wrong? Does it align with Christ or does it not? Instead, we have these things, well, oh, well, they're progressive or they're conservative. It's like, I don't care. Stop thinking in that those terms. That's not the way to think of it. That only exacerbates the problem. You need to start having conversations, not if something is conservative or liberal. You need to have a conversation. Is it right or is it wrong? Is it true or is it false? Once we start thinking and talking like Christians 
instead of like political pawns in a game in this constant endless cycle of power games where people are vying for political power, we need to start doing it in terms of right and wrong. And that will help us to escape from these stupid, arbitrary, socially constructed labels that divide us all into these different camps. And the only thing that should matter is if people are aligning with Christ or not. Okay, Luke, what do you got to say about that, dog? Problem you- is, is it's just so hard because you can say, let's not make it political. And I think everybody agrees with that. But then it, it just very quickly runs into some problems. And, and that's usually that. Well, how do you talk about moral views. issues without it being political? Like, I don't different, see how you can freaking... Different worldviews usually manifest into different politics. Like, when we look at the big five uh, traits, you can categorize people into conservative and liberal with a, a fair amount of accuracy based Agreed. on their, like, personality. Based on, like, the deepest aspects of who they are as a person. And so, sure, it's like, Zion is not about tax rates or border policy. It's true, but... No, I would say if that it we, is. If we purely are trying to say, stop the politics, stop the politics, stop the politics, at some point you're stopping these more ideological worldview conversations. Okay, I would, here's, here's where I would push back, okay? I'm not saying po- stop the politics. I'm saying that our, our religion is politics. It's everything. There is no line between the political and the religious for a Latter-day Saint. It's all our politics. We're trying to build Zion, like, mm. and we should support any measures that get the world closer to Zion and oppose any that do not. So, so it, you yes, just don't tax want us rates, to have the tax rates, political categories, tax rates, border policies, everything is ultimately a religious question because it's about right and wrong and it's about the use of government force. Here's the other thing. We just, I don't know, we, we create these stupid arbitrary categories about like politics and religion and, and oh, and that one can't get it. No, 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 no. It's all the same thing. When we're dealing with the government, which is what politics is about, the government is nothing more than a gun on a table and a group of people around deciding who they're going to point it at. The government is force. We don't make suggestions. We make laws. And so if you don't think that the gospel of Jesus Christ cares about who you point guns at, you're wrong. It is in, I would say it is almost the central question of what Christians need to do is the use of violence. And when the use of violence is justified, which is what the state is. And so if you are like every policy that is made by the government policy, I hate that word. It's stupid. You know what a policy is? A policy is a guy with a gun pointing at someone saying, you have to do this. I know you ordinarily wouldn't, but I'm making you do this with a gun pointed at your head. That's what the government is. And the, and the sooner Latter-day Saints realize that, the sooner they'll realize, wow, Jesus really cares about who we point guns at, and the American system might be the best system ever created because it was created on the idea that you only point that gun in people to defend people's inalienable rights given them from God. You have no business pointing a gun at someone to tell them to do stuff just because you want them to behave some certain way. And until—and so everything you do in government has a deep— moral implication because everything you're doing with the government is pointing a gun at someone. And if a person denies that, they just do not understand what the government is or what it does. And they need to be educated on what it is and what it does because that's all it is. 
Dude, like I gotta tell you, I'm I'm kind of feeling I'm feeling I'm I'm smelling what Jacob's stepping in in this one, Luke. Just because, like, for example, I, I mean, one of my biggest problems was when I found out that Dieter Uchtdorf had donated to Raphael Warnock, a guy who literally is making speeches about how like God supports you know, the big A word, the termination of a human life inside the womb of its own mother. You know what I'm saying? As some kind of like affirmative good, like this thing that should be like sought after. Sure. We'll throw some euphemisms in there to soften it for the, 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 the blue dog Democrats, but no, no, this is a great thing. Like I, I call into question the morality of anybody that can just overlook the cruelty, the barbarism, the, 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 the death culty nature of that. Like, it affects to enough of a like, how can you listen to Russell M. Nelson talking about how the, the, the evils of the big A word in that industry and then have the dude sit next to him donating to the candidate who's supposedly a pastor in the name of God that we're trying to buddy up with? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, to me, yes, if we're a religion and we're discussing religious morals, at some point we have to talk about their practical application is as as mattering so that's why like i've been able to support individual democrats gordon b hinckley style such as andrew yang you know gordon b hinckley famously said i voted for qualified members of both parties and that's the way i, I viewed andrew yang as like a, a a unique individual and so on and so forth but i always said i could never register for that party not with that platform you know what i'm saying like like i would view my that's morally filthy to me like i couldn't look myself in the more uh, in, in in the mirror saying yes i endorse with my name on this piece of paper that thing you know and i know some people will say like oh you know yeah but what about war and babies getting uh, killed with bombs yeah sorry on the moral scoreboard if i have to vote to be a decent citizen you know what i'm saying if i have to send my kids to a public school you know what i'm saying to to not be a truant parent and so on and so forth like i i, I don't know man i i, I don't like that that's that's at least where i stand and i don't see how you can avoid the politics if you're a person who considers seriously morality maybe i was uh, initially misunderstanding jacob a little bit cuz it it almost sounded like you were saying we should focus on church stuff and, and get out of politics i think you used the term get out of politics no, but, but I, what you're meaning is we okay. shouldn't have our church life and then have what political party or ideology that's not part of the gospel I'm, and I'm, we let also me, have allegiance to that. That's more what you're saying, right? Let me frame let me frame it this way. I'm not saying that you need to not participate in politics. What I'm saying is we need to change the lens through which we look at politics altogether. We need to stop looking at it through the right left lens. That's the big thing that that is needs to change. And so when we look at it through these lenses, it controls the way that we think about it. Latter-day Saints need to properly think about it as Christ would in terms of violence and the use of violence, because that's all that politics is. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, cool. I like it. So what's what's the cure in the short well, term? That's the long-term cure. Here's the like, short term that yeah. I have. Don't, for both sides, don't go and find a boogeyman to be your representation for the other side. Because I know this happens to the people that are more on Trump's side in the election from other members in the church is they'll find somebody who's saying crazy things. This is the Desnat that Jacob was talking about. And then that becomes the figurehead for everybody under that ideology. 
And I think we might do it. Uh, the people that are more on the conservative side might do that as well, might find a couple of people in the church, maybe even Julie Hanks, and say, this person represents this whole other side. But like, we have this desire to be right. And it leads us, it's kind of a confirmation bias, it leads us to go and find the craziest people on the other side to prop up and say, see, this is what the other side is. Poor this Julie is Hanks. Her name are. has been invoked in like two or three of our podcasts as an example of like ostensible progressive <laughs> Mormonism and so on and so forth. And I sent her a message once on Instagram to get her on the show. And she so cordially replied to me saying, oh, I don't want to miss this. And she gave me her email address. And I haven't been able to follow up with her because I've been so smashed oh. and busy. Yeah, you know, her name's getting invoked. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to have to get her on to defend herself from you two vicious bigots. Oh, please. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I, don't please, just I will kidding. fly out for that kidding. episode. Oh, you would. I would huh? love to sit down and talk yeah. to Julie. So um, anyway, uh, I was going to say, yeah, dude, I notice, I notice definitely in the establishment, there's like, dude, when I was calling the church office building, doing a lot of my research back when. Uh, Tim Ballard was basically publicly excommunicated via tabloid and so on and so forth. Like I had like seven or eight church office building employees say like Romney is basically the 13th apostle here. Like his nickname is the 13th apostle. And it's like there, there is kind of this odd like TDS that exists in the establishment and the bureaucratic echelons of our church that is pretty impenetrable. Like, like you can't get past it, man. And you better virtue signal on social media if you want to well, get an interview with these guys that you're part of it or you are toast, I, man. Here's here's why I think this is such a big deal. I, I, I have kind of a radical theory, and that is that politics has actually been the central thing that has been like in the scriptural history that's been the big fight since forever. I my view of the Old Testament, it is it is the story of the gospel being inculcated into the world and then being corrupted through politics into the state that was Israel. And then that state fell. Christ came back. What did they want? They wanted a political Messiah. Christ came and he said, we're doing this different. I'm not here to play politics. I'm here to transcend politics and go even deeper, like to the deepest level that you can go to the individual, right? And to transform them and then to create a revolution that actually will bring down Rome, but not by bringing it down with the sword. Right. I think that. And then what was the apostasy? The apostasy was when the state, Rome, took over the church. It was the hijacking of Christianity by a government entity that corrupted and bastardized that faith for 1500 years until the Reformation. Or maybe not 1200 years. And then at the Reformation, what were they doing? They corrupted it worse. No, they came out and said this, the, the entire, the creation I don't know, of the they United threw States. Out- uh, Martin Luther, in some ways, was a big step forward, but in some ways, was one heck of a step backwards. Bro. That's fine. It was a it was like, a messy it was a messy process. But the Reformation was the rejection of the political connection of the church. The reason we have separation of church and state was because the reformers recognized the separation between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man. So we're burning witches in Boston instead of buying indulgences in Rome. You know, I, I don't know, Doc. No, they, <laughs> 
it was a it was a messy process. And even but the thing is, is that there is an attempt to establish the kingdom of God on earth. Br- Joseph Smith, the Council of Fifty, all this stuff. We have not shied away from trying to implement an actual kingdom on earth. But I even think Joseph Smith got it wrong. Here's a wild take. I think in his his desire to create Zion, he tried to use too much political sort of maneuvering. I believe that the vision of Zion is an emergent one. It's what happens to any society when people reject the traditional political structure of force and violence to coerce people, and it creates a voluntary society of people voluntarily cooperating with each other in order to produce harmony out of love for one another. And that is organized under the... uh institution of a voluntary priesthood institution that voluntarily comes together to bring people to love and care for one another so that we won't need kings. We won't need force. We won't need the state because the state will become irrelevant. Why? It's John, uh, not John Adams. It was, um, uh, James Monroe, I think. I can't remember who said it. One of the founding fathers said, if one men, of those racists, if, if, if men were angels, there would be no need for government. Yeah, true. And uh, it was James Madison who said Yeah, that. I was totally James yeah. Madison. And I James, call him Jimmy. And, and what Jimmy was saying, <laughs> well, he said, when he said, if men were angels, there would be no need for government. And I say, exactly. Exactly. Let's make more people like angels. And the closer we come to angels, the less we need the state and the worse we become, the more we need to pick up that gun and be like, these people aren't cooperating. We need to resort to the gun. So you're saying the Danites were right. The force and violence of the Danites <laughs> probably was, that was a bit yeah, of an, abo- that was an aberration. And I think that was where they tried to make it use force and violence. But that's the whole thing. When you realize that the great struggle of mankind has been to, how do you get human beings to have prosperous and good societies well there's kind of two tools you can use to make it you can use force or you can use persuasion which one is the one that christ wants us to use and what is the one that the state uses exactly okay read it bro read it and then finish your prescription of how in the short term we overcome. no power or force can or ought to be maintained through I don't know, by course of first, of, only by the virtues of the priesthood, faith, hope, charity, brotherly kindness, long-suffering, patience, charity. Wow, yeah. you crushed that, bro. Thy scepter shall be a scepter of righteousness, that something will flow forth forever and ever and shall have no end. Yeah. The okay. kingdom of God is voluntary. The kingdom of men is driven by the sword, by force, by fear. And that's what the state is. The quicker we can get people to repent, to come unto Christ, and to abandon the entire political bullcrap as we seek to make government irrelevant through righteousness and goodness is the quicker that we can transform the world. That's the revolution that I want to fight for. That's the cause of Zion. And it's not through social engineers using the using guys with guns to make society good okay so jacob hansen is going to start his meditation cult in the deserts south of reno if you'd like to purchase his dvd it can be found on escape society come with me.com and uh luke hansen will be uh rolling 
the peyote doobies. It's like that's, that's, that's literally like what Joseph Smith was doing. That's what Joseph was doing. He's like, follow me out into the frontier, and we're gonna start this new society. It's freaking beautiful. I'm all about it. Let's yeah, do it. And, well, uh, and that's uh, John the Baptist was yeah. the same way. Yep. Yeah. So and yeah, he was uh, starting that. Cam- right. Camel hair I, I coats question, will be though. mandatory in this in this prayer cult. Okay. Yeah. Two minutes left. Hit it, Lucas. Oh, or not Lucas. Boy, only Luke. two minutes left. Well, no, no. Okay, take your time. We, take your time. We're, Five we're minutes. talking about Trump. We're we're talking about Trump derangement syndrome here. Have we steel manned the other the members of the church who are very concerned about them? Have we steel manned their position? No, absolutely no. Like, we won't what, either. What we'll vilify them and then through confirmation bias walk away from this podcast thinking that we were morally vindicated and better than them. Because, <laughs> like, what is it that they're even trying to say? They're... Why are they so freaked out about him? Uh, Ed, Ed... Here's the here's the best I can do. The best I can do is that Trump is a deeply immoral person. They have myriad examples of that. He is extremely disruptive. That kind of goes into the we shouldn't question the the authority or disrupt things too much kind of a perception that we've got going on at the church. And the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith have counseled us to have righteous men as our leaders. So how in the world could a good, faithful, believing Latter-day Saint vote for, let alone fully support, somebody who is so immoral and disruptive? I think is how their argument goes. Yeah, but then I just think they're that, ignorant to history. Are, are you telling me that like like John F. Kennedy was a deeply moral person? Like, I, no, I, are you telling me... No, no, no. That, that like... Yeah. Whenever Jackie left the White House... Yep. Yeah, well, no, things happen. And, 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 and Joe Biden, what you tell me, John McCain, who dumped the wife that basically advocated for him to get out of his POW camp and went out with the hotter, younger, blonder version. As soon as he was on his own feet, he just decided to upgrade all of a sudden. Yeah, that was super moral. You know, like the difference is, is Trump wears his immorality on his sleeve for everybody. to he see. He cheated on his wife. Fine. Name one politician that all these progmos have voted for in the past 20 years that hasn't. Elizabeth Warren was lying about her ethnicity to get freaking, you know, a, a scholarships well, that, see, but that, and, and then, grants. Oh, and, the, and the steel man again, the other one is the big, he's a threat to democracy. We call the Constitution to be sacred, and he's the mm-hmm. one who is potentially threatening that. No, they don't. They're always complaining about the freaking Electoral College and how it needs to change. They're always, they're always talking about how our system was built on slavery and the 1619 project and dei like these people don't hold the constitution sacred well that that and see that's that is where i come from honestly the difference with donald trump and the other politicians is not his level of morality it is not his respect for the constitution those are not the things that separate him what separates him is that he does it all out in the public for everyone to see while the other guys they all look really nice and slick and very you know oh they look like your bishop right and i always say if you want to know who the latter-day saints are going to support they're going to support the guy that looks most like their bishop at least at least Mm -hmm. the romneyite types definitely like they're just the if you look like a bishop you'll get their vote if you don't then you're not yeah. The general population votes based off of who they think they'd like to have a beer with. The Latter-day Saint population doesn't drink beer and so they vote based off of who they think a good bishop will be for them. Oh, yep. dude. Wow. And I look at Donald Trump like a plumber. I say, "Look, we got crap that needs to get down the drain. We got lots of problems. 
Are you good at fixing it? If I find out that my plumber, who is a great plumber, he can unclog the pipes. He can fix any of the problems. He shows up the same day, gets it done. If that, I found out that that guy had an affair a few years, you know, 20 years back or something on his wife and that he uses lots of bad language. I'm going to be like, Oh dang, that's not good. Well, when are you going to come out and fix my toilet? Yeah. (laughs) Like, see, personally, I think, do you support Donald Trump should be the 11th temple recommend question (laughs) and that there should be, um, kind of some kind of like just purge. Is that the word I'm looking for? Or, you know, intellectual cleansing or like, I don't know. How do I describe the cultural revolution opposite of what Jacob was proposing? That's funny. So um, I'm just trying to morally gatekeep based on my arbitrary standards <laughs> that I feel completely well, comfortable with. Well, see, the, the thing okay? is, we as Latter-day Saints are dividing over people's perception of Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Okay? I'm sorry, guys. Can we all just agree that they're politicians and politicians are gross and this whole system is gross and focus on the fact that we're Latter-day Saints and that what we should be doing is trying to build Zion by making all of these stupid institutions irrelevant and not trying to wield power? And yes, there's also a practical side here. Okay. The other thing is people don't understand what political parties are. Okay. A political party is not a church. Okay. A political party is a coalition. It's a coalition of different people with particular interests. For instance, Latter-day Saints are an interest group in the United States. There are all sorts of different interest groups who have different things. And what political parties are is they're groups who get these different interest groups together and say, let's see if we can agree on like 10 things that uh, what we if, will be allies over. What if one of them is racist? I know. And that's the problem. You want Here's the problem. In politics, in democracy, you want to know how you actually win and get things done and, and make differences? Bigoted. Compromise. <laughs> no, well, not, not even compromise. You have to build coalitions. Coalition building is how you Through win. Compromise. Is Exactly. All right. So, yeah. so one way or another, you have to create a group of people who can get together and agree on some things... So that they'll all vote for a particular person that will give them some of what they want. That's the reality of the system. And so what you have to do in any, if you want to actually make a difference in politics, you have to figure out that you're, first of all, you got to realize you're playing a game of inches over years. You're not going to get everything that you want. You're trying to move the ball one foot forward down the field by voting for the candidate and the party, or it isn't even the candidate. It's the party that you believe is moving the country in the direction that you think that the country needs to go. Away from racism. Fine. Great. Yes. Donald Trump is like the least racist guy ever, by the way. That's what a racist would say. I know. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, is that, is that, is that if you think in those terms, you're thinking practically, personally, here's my political philosophy. Which political coalition that actually has a chance of winning has the best chance to move us a little bit closer to Zion. That's it. Okay. All right. Sweet. You agree with that, Luke? Is that down? Are you down with that? I do indeed. But but don't go fooling yourself and thinking that what you, whoever you mark at the ballot box is your main way to fight to get towards Zion. That happens Agreed. individually in your home. Agreed. Yeah. So this is going to fly on this channel because we're more of a PG off pg-13 but the best andrew clavin he's a commentator i really love his best episode title ever was called bang your wife save the country (laughs) (laughs) it encapsulates everything because it encapsulates the importance of marriage 
the importance of a strong marriage, the importance of creating children within that marriage, an implication of raising those children to also get married, and the cycle continues. And having and a wife that's so, hot so that's enough to bang. Is. Wow. Editing this Hell. podcast is going to be awesome. You know what I'm saying? Editing this podcast no, if you with my supposedly out, conservative people. like I said something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Don't do that. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this has been wild. And I, you know, I agree with most of everything that I've, uh, uh, that I've heard here. And I think you guys have very wise insight that Zion has to be emergent. The good politics actually come from the heart of man outward, not from the outside inward. And um, the, as long as we keep our eye on that prize and enough of us do that together, I think we'll make it out of this thing alive. So anyway, where can people find you if they want to hear more of your heinous uh, thought <laughs> crimes, Luke, and more of your bigotry and racism? Where can they where can they find more of this, my friend? Yeah, so I got a new YouTube channel coming out called Zion's Camper. Should be up by the time this podcast is up. And on Twitter, I'm Luke F. Han. Okay, cool. And I think you own the URL. Taxation is theft. And if you disagree <laughs> with me, you're wrong.com, right? Amen. Awesome. Uh, that, that one was taken, actually. So I just put MAGA 2024 at the end of it and, and got that one. Oh, so, and then you yeah. got it back. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what's up, my bigot? Jason, say, you know, Jacob Hansen. If any of my bigots want to find me, <laughs> yeah, my bigots, you all can go to uh, Thoughtful Faith on YouTube is a great place. Or you can go to thoughtful-faith.com. That's my website. Uh, there you can see my about page, learn about me, what the heck I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And uh, yeah, love to see you there. Okay, cool. Awesome. And as always, for this and more, please check us out at wardradio.com. I ain't trying to bring you down, but for real, you might as well give up now.